first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Natalie Jacks from Kids First. Today, we'll be talking with Heather on The Father, live review. Jude and Sammy as they speak with Dean Devlin, the director on Almost Paradise. I'll also be speaking with Kyla and Tiana on Yes Day. And as they speak with Jenna Ortega on Yes Day. We'll also be listening to Kyla and Tiana with Julian Lehner and Everly Caragnilla on Yes Day. Also, as they speak to Jennifer Garner and Edgar Ramirez on the same film, Yes Day. And lastly, as they speak to Michael Arteta. First off, we're going to start with Heather on The Father. Heather, how are you? Hi, Natalia. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for coming on here. Kids First Coming Attractions. Oh, thank first you. and foremost, I've heard of this film. However, I'm not really familiar with the plot. Can you share with us in depth what this 2020 drama film is about? So it's about this elderly man, his name is Anthony, who suffers from dementia. And it's about him and how, how we really see how his mind is interpreting it, his reality now with dementia. He sees people that don't really exist, people that aren't in his life anymore. He even confuses his daughter. All the while, his daughter really tries to find the best caretaker for him before she leaves for Paris. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to be honest. I usually am not interested in films such as The Father, um, but I'm more of a comedy and family movie type person. But now I'm interested in learning more about it. To continue, speaking on the fact that I would like to learn more about it, can you select an action performed by one of the characters in the film and explain why that character took that action? What motivated him or her? Or why did this motivation have to do with the theme of The Father? Um, I'd have to pick the last scene where Anthony, he he really just even forgets his own name. And it's such a powerful scene after everything he's gone through. And we see how not only dementia affects his memory, but his attitude. And he's in this scene, he's so scared and he's alone and he's with the caretaker, which was something that he didn't want. He he from the beginning of the story, he starts with, I want to live in my flat. I want to stay in my flat. No one's taking me away from my home. And then it's so sad because then that's that's how the movie ends. He's not in his home anymore. He's with the caretaker and he doesn't even have his daughter. And it's so heartbreaking how he just forgets his name. And at that moment, it really hits you how he just forgot everything. And he he really is alone. He doesn't even have himself anymore. Not even his mind um, he has. So it's so it's such an impactful scene. And I feel like it's such a wonderful moment for for cinema and for people who really have to deal with dementia, the patients and their loved ones, how how much it affects um the person and how much it affects someone choosing to be there for them, not leaving them at all. And I think it's a, it's a beautifully written scene. Well, I have to say, it seems like he's a lost soul. And considering that he experiences dementia, I can't imagine how hard it is to live by himself. And as you shared, he gets very lonely and sad that he forgets his own name. And that I get a little emotional with getting to see elderly people when they can't even walk across the street. So I can't believe this film is like that. Moving on, 
when you compare and contrast the protagonist and the antagonist, do you find any important differences between them? Can you describe these differences and how they relate to the plot and the values and ideas presented in the story? I think the main antagonist is the illness itself. He he's again he's his own worst enemy because he you can see his true personality fighting against this illness. He's happy and he wants to live by himself and then you have his daughter who just wants the best care for him and I guess you could really compare it to a teenager fighting against their own parent like oh I want to leave the house I want to do this and I want to do that we see Anthony really just trying to fight his daughter on he just wants to be independent and he doesn't need his daughter to look after him he doesn't need a caretaker to look after him so he is rebelling against his illness and he is rebelling against his age. You can tell that he has a young soul and he he doesn't want to wither away and then that's what ends up happening. Well, you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are talking with Heather right now on The Father, Jude and Samney, as they speak with Dean Devlin, the director on Almost Paradise, as they listen to Keila and Tiana on Yes Day, as well as they interviewed Jenna Ortega, Julian Lehner, Evely Carganilla, Jennifer Gardner, Edgar Ramirez, Micah Arteta, all on Yes Day. Now we are back to our interview with Heather on The Father. Now, to continue, Heather, when I'm watching a film or TV show, I like to break down what I enjoy about a character and what I don't. And complications come along and make problem solving more difficult. What complications does the film protagonist face that are similar to issues you have faced, if any? He, he really just wants to be independent. Like I said, he's, that's his goal. His goal is to just figure out everything that's going on and just make it stop. He just wants to live his life in his flat. And I think that that's something that a lot of us go through. We want to be independent. We want to rebel against the norms and, but we see how he loses his fight, but it sort of encourages us to live our life before, you know, we could, God willing that that doesn't happen, but we develop an illness or, or one of our loved ones develops an illness. So it, it really teaches you how to live your life and enjoy it before, you know, something happens. And if it does, then you can look back and say, well, I lived a good life. Yes, you're right. I truly can relate to you on that. I think it's fascinating to see how the plot of a film or a TV show relates to your life on a daily basis. It's like watching your story being told by another person or another person's on the screen. To move on following that, the resolution of the film teaches a lesson. How can you apply the lesson in the film to your own life? I can, hmm, I can relate it to my personal life because... I, I always want the best for my family. And even though um, Anne, his daughter, had to do what she didn't want to do, she had to leave him. And she just had to leave him in the best care. These are huge sacrifices that we have to make. I mean, I don't relate to Anne because she ends up leaving him for Paris. I would never do that. If my family had something going on, I'd always be there for them. So I couldn't relate to her on that aspect. But she did what was best and what she thought that was in her power and she left him with one of the best caretakers in London and she had to do it even though um, Anthony didn't want it so you know we have to put their needs before ours always 
And even though they don't realize it, we do it from a place of love. Yes, I think that's very understandable. On a daily basis, we come uh, across people who might not always agree with us, but for their situation, it works for them and they take it out of a place of love, just like you shared. To continue, often the central problem in a story transcends the characters. These persons are simply the tools to use to resolve the problem. In this story, is there a problem that transcends characters and how do you manifest it? I, I, I don't really think the problem was solved. I think if anything, it got worse. Um, he, he starts spiraling because he's trying to figure out everything that's going on, but it looks like he's in an island by himself. He can't even recognize his daughter and his mind. Like his whole soul is just playing a trick on him. And it really changes him and it changes the people around him. His daughter, you see her falling apart, trying to do what's best, trying to find the best caretaker. But then she's struggling because she has to choose if Paris and leaving with her her new boyfriend is worth it or just taking care of her father. And then her father is treating her horribly. And then he himself, Anthony, is just trying to find the, the reasoning behind everything. And he can't. And it's, it's a losing battle. Sometimes actions taken by characters exceed our expectation for them, which draws us into the film even more because then we set up expectations for them. Exactly. And to end our conversation, what is your age recommendation and star rating and where can they watch The Father? I give it five out of five stars and recommend it for ages 17 to 18 plus adults. And you can find it on Netflix, Amazon Prime and on Hulu. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heather, for speaking with us about The Father. Let's Thank take you. a break. I'm Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show was sponsored by, ooh, you're in trouble, from Tracks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. 
Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been speaking with Heather on The Father, and now we'll be speaking with Jude and Sammy as we listen to their interview with Dean Devlin, the director on Almost Paradise. Hello, everybody. My name is Jude Adler. And I'm Sammy Belford, and we're reporting for Kids First. And today we will be talking with Dean Devlin. Dean is a writer, director, and producer, as he brilliantly produced Geostorm and wrote Independence Day, and much more. Dean is now the creator and producer of his new hit show, Almost Paradise. It's so nice to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Okay, to get us started, what were some of your early inspirations for the show? What made you think this needs to be a show? Well, I am a, uh, 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 a Filipino-American, and growing up in the United States, uh, I, I never saw Filipinos portrayed on television. Uh, even when actors were Filipino, they, they would uh, portray uh, other Asian cultures. So I've always wanted to do something that, that took place back in the Philippines, and uh, a few years ago, uh, we came up with this idea and got very excited about going there. And we actually became the very first American scripted television series to ever shoot in the Philippines. So it was really remarkable. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, and Dean, when thinking about who you wanted to portray Alex Walker, what distinct characteristics of an actor did you want for this role? Well, Alex is a very damaged character. He had, he had worked uh, in the DEA for many, many years, and it cost him his marriage. He lost his relationship with his daughter. Um, and uh, when his partner betrayed him, it was the final straw. And, and he had a kind of a nervous breakdown. And so uh, uh, he decided that he wanted to go somewhere relaxing, having no idea that he's chosen the worst place in the world to go to relax. Uh, so I needed an actor who could who could feel like they had that, that, that worldly experience, that grizzled lifestyle that they were trying to recover from. And the interesting thing is when, when I first started working on this project a long time ago, I had told Christian Kane that, that he would be perfect for the movie, but he was too young. But of course, by the time I was actually getting the thing ready to make it, he had, he had gotten a lot older. So he was actually perfect for it by then. <laughs> Um, and, and so, Dean, th there, are a, there are a decent amount of classic crime-busting TV shows out there. So what process did you go through to make Almost Paradise authentic and original from all the other content out there? Well, you know, for the last several years, there's been this, this, um, this trend of making shows very dark and edgy and serialized. And I thought if I'm going to take a show and place it in the Philippines, I didn't want it to be poverty porn. I didn't want it to be dark and edgy. I wanted to bring back, you know, the good feelings of shows like The Rockford Files and uh, Magnum P.I. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I could make a show that felt like a comfortable old shoe, a fun show to watch, then I could take people into a brand new environment that they've never seen before. Yeah, well, that's totally what I would think, too, just, just to make everything... Because a lot of a lot of times, like just crime shows can get can get a bit repetitive, but like almost Paradise was just a completely new angle, and it just seemed 
really brilliant just to bring back, as you said, everything that everything everything that it used to be like it doesn't have to be dark and edgy. So I just think that's that's a really great way to think about it. Um, so and and when seeing Christian Kane first as Alex Walker, what what made you like fall in love with his performance, or just make you think that's my Alex Walker? Well, you know, the, uh, this is my third television series with Christian Kane, and you know, uh, the, the the amazing thing with him is is what he's most in love with is doing stunts and action scenes. But what he's actually best at is comedy. So to be able to get that kind of blend of, of fun, action, you know, kick butt scenes, and then, you know, uh, uh, offset it with a real great sense of humanity and humor. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been listening to you, Heather on The Father, and right now, we're continuing listening to Jude and Sammy as they speak to Dean Devlin, the director on Almost Paradise. What were the advantages and challenges of filming entirely in the Philippines? Well, you know, before the show, I, I was mostly known for doing kind of like science fiction and fantasy shows. And, and what's great about those things is that you get to take someone to a place they've never been before. And so I, I think in a strange way, although this is a, a, a crime procedural, going to the Philippines is like taking someone to another planet. Most people have had, that I talked to had no idea that there were these amazing, beautiful resorts in the Philippines, you know, because usually when it's portrayed, it, it's always prayed, uh, prayed, uh, portrayed sorry, as, as you know, a poverty-stricken nation, which parts of it is, but parts of it is not. And, and so to be able to show this, this, this environment that no one has ever seen before was a huge advantage. Um, and then, you know, the difficulty is you're a long way away from home. And of course, this all uh, happened during uh, the start of the COVID crisis. So trying to keep everybody safe while shooting the show was was definitely, you know, a difficulty. And uh, Dean, do you personally find it more fun shooting in a tropical environment or do you prefer to shoot in a more familiar territory? You know, I, I always like to shoot someplace I've never been before. It's one of the great things about my job is it takes me to places that I otherwise might not ever be. So uh, uh, it's always fun to be somewhere new. And especially in the Philippines where people are so kind and warm and welcoming, you know, uh, sometimes you go to a place and you shoot something and everybody just wants you to get out of there. You know, like they turn up their car radios and they start blasting their stereos. Uh, but this was the opposite there. You know, people would come out of their houses with, you know, cookies and and milk and <laughs> and just want to like hang out with you so it was it was really a wonderful experience yeah that sounds really awesome really fun <laughs> I, I would love to do that um when creating this show um do you put yourself in your character's shoes to help fuel your imagination and explore what the characters might do i don't do it that way the way i i write is i write as a as like a fanboy you know when i was younger i used to go to all those sci-fi conventions and things like that I'm a, I'm a fan of genre entertainment. So when I write, I really write it based on what I want to see. Yeah. And if somebody else is making it, great, then I'll go watch it. But if someone else isn't making it, then that gives me the opportunity to go write it and try to show it. And I really wanted to show this kind of fun uh, uh, you know, adventure show, you know, where the last year has been so difficult for so many people. And it's been a darkness that we've lived through. So I thought good time for the entertainment to be uplifting and fun. Yeah, totally. And speaking of just um, just loving these characters, is it hard creating characters in specific hopes that the viewers will resonate with them? Well, you never know what people will resonate with or not, you know. So 
I always just try to write characters that that I fall in love with. And then I just kind of hope that that passion for those people will become infectious and other people will feel it. But, you know, a big part of that really is beyond the writing. It's the casting. You know, if, if you cast the right people, they kind of become lovable no matter what you put in their mouth. You know, yeah. so we, we had really good actors who were just adorable and, and fun to watch. And, and they, they, they made it all come to life. Yeah. This show clearly tackles some very intense topics that unfortunately go on in our world. Is it hard creating and producing the exploration of those topics? Well, I think the difficulty is to, to deal with those topics respectfully, but yet still do a fun, light show. Uh, you know, because any one of those topics could have gone very, very dark. Um, but at the same time, I think to ignore those topics would, would make the show too fluffy. You know, it wouldn't have any, any resonation. Uh, uh, so I, I think being able to, to, to bring real world things into our fun show uh, brings weight to it. And what we found is that when there is a underlying story that has weight to it, we can actually get sillier because the two things kind of balance each other out. Was it also hard for the actors just for them to be in the shoes of someone facing some horrific events? Well, sometimes it would touch home and they, and they would find themselves kind of really emotionally charged by it. You know, there's certain subjects that uh, um, have a reality to our actors. You know, I won't go into that. I'll let them decide what to talk about there. But, you know, it, it would be interesting because sometimes I would write something not knowing that it was related to the personal life of that actor. And then they would call me and say, do you know that I'm going through something very similar to this or that a family member did? And so it's, it's um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to watch how that uh, resonates with the actor and how it brings out something from them that uh, is beyond just normal acting because there's a truth to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and for everyone watching, Almost Paradise is streaming free on IMDb TV. So, Dean, did IMDb contact you about your show or did you bring it to them? Well, I'm actually doing another show for IMDb right now called Leverage, and uh, we're shooting it. And this is a revamp of a show I did eight years ago. And while we were doing the show, I suggested that they take a look at uh, two of our other shows, one being The Outpost and, and, and Almost Paradise. And they fell in love with those shows and they put them on and they've just been a fantastic partner. And it's nice to be able to offer this to people for free because I think people are paying a lot of money now for all these different streaming services. It, it's nice to be able to say, hey, you don't have to pay for this one. Just just turn it on, leave it on and enjoy it. Yeah. As a person who uses IMDb all the time, it's just really nice knowing that I have access to a great TV show that I don't really have to pay for. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so what are some positive messages that you hope that the viewers will take away from the show? Well, you know, I, I think that there is a, a sense of what is peace and what is family. And, you know, uh, uh, he, he came there to find a sense of peace and he, and he finds it through a new family, a family that is earned as opposed to being born into. And, and it's fun to watch that growth. It's fun to watch how, how, People who, who, when they meet each other, want to kill each other, but over time can find a way to bond with each other. And if there's any message that our world needs right now is that people who disagree with each other need to find a way to love each other. Mm, that's a great and we just have to ask. Are, and we just have to ask, are there any plans for a season two? So right now, what IMDb has told us is that if enough people watch it on IMDb, they're going to commission a season two. So we're busy working on writing it and coming up with it. And if enough people tune in, uh, we'll start shooting later this year and do, a, do season two. 
Well, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Dean, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. And for everyone watching, please make sure to like and subscribe to our Kids First YouTube channel so you don't miss miss our next interviews or reviews or the ones of our teammates. My name is Sammy Belford. And my name is Jude Adler. We'll see you next time. Let's take a break. I'm Natalia Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by, ooh, you're in trouble, from Tracks. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Natalie Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to June and Sammy's interview with Dean Devlin, the director on Almost Paradise. Next up, we'll be speaking with Kyla and Tiana on Yes Day. Hi, Kyla and Tiana. How are you both? Good. How are you? Well, great to hear from both of you. First and foremost, I must say, I am truly excited for this upcoming Netflix comedy and family film starring iconic actress Jennifer Gardner. I'm truly a fan. And young star Jenna Ortega. However, I would love to hear your thoughts on this film. How about we start off with Kyla? I think this film is truly amazing. It's hilarious. It's awesome for families. I was just like laughing the entire time. It's truly amazing. The acting is amazing. The special effects and humor are just so great. I really recommend this film. Well, that's great to hear. It seems like you truly are pumped up about this. And I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Jennifer Garner and Jenna Ortega. However, I am looking forward to seeing some fresh acting faces such as Megan Scott and Julian Lerner. Following that, Tiana, considering this film is known as Yes Day, and the way the plot portrays the film as if the kids get whatever they want for that day, I'm wondering, what problems do they face? How would you describe the main characters and what are their goals? Um, I think all the characters were really great. They were really unique. 
they all had their own special personalities. Like, for example, General Ortega's character, Katie, she was kind of like a kind of cool, chill, laid back, little challenging um, type of person. Um, and she was kind of the one who started the whole yes day thing. As you mentioned, the kids got whatever they want. And the parents kind of had to agree with it. I can't really give too much away. So I guess I'll have to say they kind of go through learning that having a yes day may not have been entirely what they thought it was. Like they thought it was just like, okay, they could do whatever. Their parents would have to say yes to everything. But then they kind of get to realize that maybe yes day isn't what they thought it was. Ooh. It seems as if each character is known for something unique about each of them. And I figured, considering this is known as Yes Day, that they would get whatever they want at at the exact moment they wanted, but it seems like there's some tension between their character choices. Moving on, Kyla, I would like to know more in depth about these characters. Can you select an action performed by one of the characters in the film and explain why the character took that action? What motivated him or her? What did this motivation have to do with the theme of Yes Day? Uh, I would say Katie, um, sh- her scenes are probably the most, like the deepest, I guess, scenes. Um, mm-hmm. She has this whole thing with her parents, and I think it's really like relatable. And so I don't want to give too much away, like Tiana said, but I definitely think that what her choices um, are important, and you can definitely see that it's her character. And I think it's just definitely shows that she has a strong personality. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And to continue, Tiana, often the central problem in a story transcends the characters. These persons are simply the tools used to resolve the problem. In this story, is there a problem that transcends characters? And was it manifested? Uh, I think, I guess for a character, it would be... Um, Everly Carganilla's character, she played Ellie inside of Yes Day. I think it was weird because at first she's like kind of like a sweet little girl. Um, and she's like really nice, really fun, bubbly. And then as you kind of get along, you kind of see that she has more of a um, like kind of likes to get into trouble personality. Um Especially, without giving too much away, kind of at the end, you'll kind of notice that. So, yeah, I think that's what it would be for me. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go back to Kyla. So, you had the opportunity, along with Tiana, to speak with the actors and some of the the crew members from Yes Day, including Jenna Ortega, Julian Lerner, Everly Carganilla, um, Jennifer Garner, Edgar Ramirez, and Michael Arteta. So how about you tell us about your experience speaking to them and what you took away from their interviews and share with me about any one of them. All of them were so nice. They provided excellent insight and I thought everything they said was so interesting. Like the actors Mm -hmm. gave like background information about how they got into character, Uh, specifically like uh, Julian Lerner and Jenna Ortega definitely like described how they got into their character and understood their character. Um, And Miguel Arteta uh, gave us insight about how he decided to direct it and a lot of great information. And I thought it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like you had an amazing opportunity to getting to speak with them. And I can imagine getting to speak to 
iconic celebrities such as Jennifer Gardner and Jenna Ortega and many, many more. So awesome getting to have that opportunity. And now, Tiana, can you share with me a little bit about your experience? I would also have to agree with Kyla. Um, all of them were super great, super fun to talk to. Uh, they all have really great, really fun personalities. That was probably one of the best parts was getting to see how fun they were, how nice they were, how they kind of had their own special thing about them. Like they were saying in the film, their um, responses to all the questions, it felt really engaging. Um, and just really being able to kind of have that bond with them, like kind of knowing about them and then just, re it really just helps you, you know, have fun with it. Wow. It seems like you both had an awesome experience. I can't imagine. And to end our conversation, Kyla, can you give us an age recommendation and star rating and where we can see this film when it comes? Yeah, so I would recommend this film definitely to for families, probably ages 6 to 14 and adults. I'd give it 5 out of 5 stars. It was truly excellent and full of laughs, and it will come out on Netflix on March 12th. Well, I cannot wait for this film. It seems truly exciting. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we spoke with Heather on The Father. Listen to Jude and Sammy as they speak with Dean Devlin, the director on Almost Paradise. And right now we're switching over to Kyle and Tiana as we listen to their um, interview with Jenna Ortega on Yes Day. Hello, everyone. It's Tiana Sermons and Kyla Sincati. Hi. Reporting for Kids First. And today we are going to be talking with Jenna Ortega, who plays Katie Torres, the oldest daughter, in the upcoming Netflix film, Yes Day. You'll recognize Jenna from Stuck in the Middle as Harley Diaz. She is also known for the voice of Princess Isabel in Elena of Avatar and Elena Mendoza in the massively mixed up middle school mystery. Hi everyone, it's Tiana and Kyla reporting for Kids First. Hi Jenna, how are you today? I'm good, how are you guys? Good? Good. Good. Alright, so let's get right into it. Yesterday really focused on the dynamics of the parents and the kids. Your character and her mom, Allison, played by Jennifer Garner, really had a chance to evolve in this movie. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I think that their relationship definitely starts off as um, a very relatable uh, mother-teenager a relationship in terms of, you know, the teenager is kind of annoyed by the parent and all the rules that they've set, but they kind of go along with it because they have to, because that's their mom. Um, but I think that our, our relationship and our story arc takes a really nice turn where um, we kind of have to confront each other about these experience, experiences or interactions that we've been having recently. And um, I think we kind of figure out a way to move past them, which I think might be a really great thing for young girls who also have a similar relationship with their mothers to see. I know that's something that I don't think I really had when um, I was 14 and experiencing things like that with my parents. So um, I think that it'll be very relatable, but then also um, I think it's a great bonding film for mothers and daughters and also just families in general. Yeah, I agree on that. I definitely got that from the movie. Good. So during yesterday, the Taurus is kind of had a really crazy time with it. How do you think having a yes day actually helped the Taurus family? 
I think it helped the tourist family because um, I feel like we're definitely a rowdy bunch. Um, obviously, Julian Lerner's character, Nando, is very energetic, has a lot of ideas. Um, you have Everly Carganilla's character, Ellie, who um, is just kind of really starting to understand the world, you know, her being so young. Um, and there's so much that she wants to do and so much that she wants to see. She kind of just wants to do it all. And then also my character, um, Katie, definitely wanted to branch out and become a little bit more of her own person, be more independent. And, um, you know, her whole thing is breaking down some of the rules, which is what yesterday is all about. So I think that it was a very much needed day for them. And considering how eventful the film is and all that they get accomplished, I think that um, they'll definitely be a bit chilled out for the next year, at least up until the next one. Yeah. And I definitely hope that there is a next one. Yes. Yes, me too. So in what ways did the experience of playing Harley in Stuck in the Middle help you develop Katie's character? Ooh, that's a good question. I think, um, well, Harley, I spent year, I mean, I, Harley was a part of my life for four or five years, maybe. Um, but um, because that show was also a family-oriented um, show, I think that I learned a lot about the comedy, the pace of certain things, um, you know, Stuck in the Middle is all about a big family, Harley navigating her way through that. Um, and I think Katie, in a similar sense, is navigating her way through this um, family um, connection as well. Um, so I think that both projects surrounding um, the navigation of family, but then also just trying to become your own person and dealing with those awkward teen moments or the peer pressure you feel from others. I think that uh, Harley and Katie can be similar in those ways. That's great. Good, uh, Katie. In what ways are you similar or dissimilar to her? Um, I'm similar to Katie in the way where I, I understand where she's coming from. I know what it's like to um, want to grow up too fast. And I know what it's like to feel like you have to have your life figured out um, by a certain age and you have to be put together. Um, I think I don't relate to her in the way that I guess the way she talks to her parent, I would never, ever talk to my mother like that. I would be in so much trouble. Um, so I definitely think she's a little bit more bold, a little bit more risky, and she definitely pushes the limits. I know that that would not slide in my household. But um, yeah, I think that those are our differences. Thank you. Yeah. So what would you say is the biggest lesson that your character learned? I think the biggest lesson that my character learns is that it's okay to need or require guidance. I think that she thinks that, um, oh, because she's a teenager now, she doesn't need supervision. She's not a child. She's not, which I mean, it's true. She's, she's not a child, but um, she's still very young. And, um, you know, the world, it, it can be a very intimidating place. And um, nobody will think less of you or um, will treat you differently, differently because um, you need a little help or guidance, understanding everything that's being thrown at you because it is a lot to take in. And um, nobody is expecting you to have everything figured out at such a young age. Yeah, and um, that's something that I do think is really important, how you were saying that we kind of do want to grow up really fast. Yeah, no, it's cool. What tips would you have from the experience of having the Yes Day with the Taurus family for other kids who may want to have a Yes Day? Hmm. Don't do a car wash with the windows rolled down. One, because it's not safe. Two, it's not as fun as it looks. And um, 
definitely, definitely make sure that um, the ice cream happens. Maybe not that entirely, but just like, I remember we had a lot of fun on set, just being able to sit around and eat ice cream together all day. And I definitely would recommend that to other families. Nice. That sounds like really fun. Oh yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. So do you have any real life experiences with siblings or cousins that helped you to understand how Katie deals with her sibling relationships in this film? Um, well, I'm one of six kids, so there's a ton of and, um, kids in my house, and also I'm, I have younger siblings, so I know what it's like to be an older sibling, um, so I definitely think that I pulled from that. Also, you could bring back Harley and say that that, that experience in working with other actors and creating a family relationship um, was beneficial as well. Um, yeah, I think just personal experience, knowing what it's like to have uh, younger siblings and be protective over those people is... Um, was really helpful in my portrayal of Katie. Thank you, Jenna, for speaking with us today. Thank yes. you guys so much. This was so fun. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you guys. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. All right. Take care. Stay safe, everyone. Well, that's it for this incredible interview. Be sure to look for Yes Day when it premieres on Netflix March 12th. I'm Kyla Sincotti. And I'm Tiana Sermons. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss another review or interview. Bye. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Natalia Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Ooh, You're in Trouble from Tracks. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Be 
you are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Natalia Jackson from Kids First, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been listening to Kyla and Tiana's as they interview Jenna Ortega on Yes Day. And now we'll be listening to their interview with Julian Leader and Everly Cargamila. It's Kyla Sincati and Tiana Sermons reporting for Kids First. And today we are going to talk to Julian Lerner and Everly Carganilla, who play siblings Nando and Ellie Torres in the upcoming Net- Netflix film, Yes Day, debuting March 12th. Julian Lerner is known for his work in Leo the Lionhearted, Happy, and Pottersville. And newcomer Everly Carganilla is known for The Haunted Man and The Chair. Hi. Hi. Thank you Hi. for having us. Yeah. So, Julian, Nando Torres is a fun but also challenging role to play. How did you get into your character? You know, I think he's, he's fun. He's, he's, uh, he's upbeat. He's energetic. He's, like, he's funny. I think I can actually relate to him and basically all those traits. So I think it was just like when I got the set, I was like, oh, and now I'm Nando. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So if you could have an actual yes day, what would be the first thing on the list? Well, I think the first thing on the list, um, the best is for last, but the first thing on the list would be to, like, um, what am I going to, that's hard, to, like, watch, like, ten hundred plus thousand movies every every single, like, minute. So, (laughs) we're going to have a really long day, and... The last one I think is going to be really crazy, which I don't think I'll get to say yes to, to explode the house with gummy bears. <laughs> and I think, I think for me, uh, you know, I order ramen from my favorite ramen restaurant. Uh, I, I love Marvel. So, you know, watch all the Marvel movies start to finish. Um, I don't know. Like, if it wasn't COVID, I love Legos. So I go to Legoland. Uh, Green Day's my favorite band. So go to their concert. Um, and, you know, to spend quality time with my family. I can totally relate to all of that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that sounds like a really fun yes day. Awesome. Yeah. Well, for Everly, what was your favorite scene to shoot in the movie? My favorite scene to shoot in the movie was definitely the phone because, well, the phone and the birdie stuff. Um, first of all, the birdie stuff was so cute until – the birds attacked Edgar. Um, and second, I loved the foam stuff because there was kids sliding down the stairs, foam exploding out of the toilet, uh, kids jumping off beds and, and couches and tables. It was bizarre. Foam was being thrown everywhere. And as Julian says uh, in the last couple of interviews, we only had like five seconds uh, in the middle of the foam stuff. So we were all, get the foam, get the foam, get the foam. Places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, was- I mean i for me uh my favorite one would definitely be uh the roller coaster scenes because i love i love roller coasters i love going upside down uh i mean the tech side of something that was amazing they strapped cameras to the front of the roller coaster i mean i just sit in the front every time wrote it six times in a row it was just it was so much fun yeah those be- def- both sorry both of those scenes were definitely very fun and must have been really cool to shoot 
yeah, it was really, really cool. Why do you think people should go see this film? You know, I think it's important for kids and teens to not only learn that they can make good choices, but they can also screw up sometimes and it will be okay. And, you know, I love that the Taurus family yesterday gives them space for that to happen. And that ultimately brings the family closer together. And I mean, I think the big here, I think the, the big thing here <laughs> is that it doesn't matter what you do, it matters who you do it with. Yeah. So, Julian, in the film, the yes day was not always fun, especially when there was no adult supervision. How do you feel that things not going as planned really helped the Taurus kids out and realize that they were wrong about not having their parents? You know, I think it's it's like, I mean, you need parents, obviously, because you can't just, like, grow, grow up by yourself. But, I mean, it's saying no sometimes is good. Like, you, you can't always say yes. It has to, there has to be some ground rules just, like, within a yes day. Like, you know, yes day is supposed to be fun, always awesome, and you just have to say yes. But there has to be some rules in between there, I think, that helps the Torres kids learn. Yeah, and I can totally agree on that. Thank so thank you so much, Julian and Everly, for your time today. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for this incredible interview. Be sure to look for Yes Day when it premieres on Netflix March 12th. I'm Kyla Sincotti. And I'm Tiana Sermons. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss another review or interview. Bye. Bye. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been listening to Kyla and Tiana as they speak with Jenna Ortega on Yes Day. And right now, we're switching over as they speak with Jennifer Gardner and Edgar Ramirez. Hello, everyone. It's Tiana Sermons and Kyla Sincati reporting for Kids First. And today, we are going to be talking with Miss Jennifer Gardner and Mr. Edgar Ramirez to play Allison and Carlos Torres in the upcoming film, Yes Day. Miss Gardner is known for her lead role in the family movie, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, which was also directed by the director of Yesterday, Miguel Arteta. She's also known for being in the comedy film 13 Going on 30, and more recently, she starred in the family movie Love, Simon. Mr. Ramirez is a Venezuelan actor known for his work in Gold, Point Break, American Crime Story, and many more. Thank you both for joining us today. Hello, Ms. Garner and Mr. Ramirez. So let's start off with Ms. Garner. What do you think you most admire about your character, Allison? What I admire about Allison is that she recognizes that something needs to change. And she isn't afraid to just take a big step and try to change it. She doesn't just get stuck. She says, okay, I'm not doing a great job here. What can I do differently? How can I do better? And I'll just try this. Who knows? It might be a mess. Yeah, and I can agree. I like that about her. And it's very empowering to see. Well, also for Miss Garner, what do you consider the biggest benefit that the Taurus family had from doing the yes day? Gosh, I think the biggest benefit is there were lots. I think everyone grew during yesterday. I think they all saw each, they saw the strength that they have as a family 
and how important that is and how they can get through anything as a family together. And uh, I think the mom and the teenager really started to see, wow, the mom started to see, I'm going to have to let you grow up. And that's really hard. And that's, that's another big benefit. Yes. I think that the, it's a very heartwarming, but also very, you know, empowering and fun story. Great. So Mr. Ramirez, most of the shows you've worked on have been mainly with adult actors. How was your experience different working with youth actors? It was beautiful. It was beautiful and I can't wait to do more and I can't wait to come back, you know, with Jen and, and our kids in the movie and, and hopefully we'll to do more. Um, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm very, I'm very family oriented. You know, I, 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 you know, I have, I don't have, I don't have children on my own yet, but I have a very close relationship to my, to my, to my nephews and, and my niece. Actually, you, you girls remind me a lot of my niece. So you're, 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 you're really warming and melting my heart right now. Cause, and, 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 and yes, I, I, it was beautiful. I mean, working, working with Everly, with, with Julian and, and, and Gina was amazing. They're such great kids, such talented actors. Jenna is such a beautiful sister. She helped us a lot also with Julian and Everly. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, we, it was one of those experiences where, where, you know, your, your, your co-actors, they stay in your life on a personal level. We're all very close. Um, we, have, uh, we have tried to, to, to be in each other's life, even throughout the pandemic, you know. And, of course, um, Jennifer, um, what an amazing, what an amazing uh, partner, you know, um, on this adventure. And what a beautiful, amazing friend. Yeah, definitely. So I really enjoyed your performance as Carlos Torres. Have you had any real-life experiences that helped you to connect with Carlos's character? I know um, in, in experiences with friends and also within my family, how the, 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 the roles in the family can start to shift and change when, when you are raising children. You know, I mean, it is an awesome responsibility to raise children. And sometimes, you know, in, um, in the marriage or, with, or between the partners, there's an imbalance, you know, one becomes the bad cop and the other ones become, becomes the good cop and that causes trouble and that causes tension. And, um, and I love how, how um, Carlos is able to realize through, uh, the, the, you know, a yes day, through all the activities of a yes day, the importance of getting involved and also helping, you know, with setting up the boundaries and setting up the structure that all kids need, you know, to, to distinguish from, 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 from right and wrong. It is very, very important that both partners, you know, get involved and they have an, they have a, an, an, an equality, you know, in the, in the role they play in raising the children. So I love how my character learns in the movie. He starts in one place and he ends up in another place, understanding his wife and understanding that he needs to support her and that he needs to be more present and that he needs to learn to say no, a loving no, but it is important to learn to say no. Yeah. So wow. thank you for your time today, Ms. Garner and Mr. Ramirez. Good luck with the movie. That's it for now. You can watch Yes Day on Netflix starting March 12th. I'm Tiana Sermons. And I'm Kyla Sincotti. You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been listening to Kylie Tiana as I speak to Jennifer Garner and Edgar Ramirez. And right now, we're switching over to Kylie and Tiana as I speak to Michael Arteta on Yes Day. Hello, everyone. It's Tiana Sermons, and with me is Kylie Sincati. Hi. 
Reporting for Kids First, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Miguel Arteta, the director of the new Netflix film, Yesterday, premiering on March 12, 2021. Mr. Arteta is known for his work as a director in Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, The New Normal, and The Good Girl, and many others. You guys watched it? Yes, yes. and it was a really great movie. And I'm sure it was actually pretty fun to direct, which leads to my first question. What made you say yes to this movie? It was Jennifer Garner. You know, she asked me to come on board and she had done this yes days with her family seven or eight years in a row. And she loved them so much. She wanted to share them with the world. And she, she said, trust me, Miguel, you want to be in on yes day. I was like, how can I say no to yes day? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like, what lesson do you think, do you hope that the audience takes from this movie? I hope that, uh, you know, yesterday is all about appreciating your family and knowing that it, as long as you're together, you can have fun. And I, I hope in these difficult times of the lockdown, it reminds people of that. It helps you appreciate your family. And I also hope that it reminds everybody that soon we're all going to be able to bust out and have fun experiences in the world. Yeah, I agree, and that's definitely something that I got from the movie. So did your original vision of this film match how it turned out? You know, sometimes as a director, things turn out better than other times, and there's there's a lot of luck involved, too. You know, uh, chemistry, do the actors like each other or not like each other? You can't control that. But sometimes the film gods are on your side and everybody likes each other. And that was the case. This family really, really loved each other. And I think you can feel it on the screen, you know? They, they enjoy being with each other. Uh, and so I, we got very lucky and I feel like the love they have for each other is palpable, you know? I agree, it definitely is. Well, thank you for your time today, Mr. Arteta. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Tiana. I appreciate your time. That's it for now. Be sure to look for Yes Day when it premieres on Netflix, March 12th. I'm Kyla Sincotti. And I'm Tiana Sermons. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsVille News. This show was produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by, ooh, you're in trouble, from Tracks. I'm Natalia Jackson, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.